let us open our Old Testaments to Ruth chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Ruth chapter 2, 1 through 3. And this is the very written word that God, through the Holy Spirit, has given us. Now, Naomi had a relative of her husband's, a worthy man from the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, Let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him in whose sight I shall find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. And so she went set out and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the part of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the clan of Elimelech. You know, up until now, this book called Ruth really could have been called the book of Naomi. Because all we know about Ruth now is that uh, one of Naomi's sons, Kilion, married Ruth, and, you know, he married a Moabite, and Mahlon, the other son, uh, married a daughter-in-law named Orpah, and now they have come back to Bethlehem, and Orpah has not stayed with Naomi, but Ruth has stayed with Naomi, and now they are home. And today we want to focus on Ruth, and from for the rest of the book, it's going to you're going to understand why it's called the Book of Ruth. This young woman, this foreigner, who turned to God, and in simple faith shows us something very important today. You know, the the story of Ruth is a love story. It is the story of. Naomi and Ruth and and the incredible bond of love that these two suffering women had for one another that overcame so many things. But it's also the story of a romance between this young woman, Ruth, and a man whom we will meet, uh, kind of meet today, but next week really meet, named Boaz, that bloomed into a marriage that was very loving, a marriage that, as we will see in the end of the book, becomes one of the most important marriages that has ever happened since marriage in chapter 2 between Adam and Eve. But this young woman teaches us something important. Surely she teaches us to, to love people. But Ruth teaches us to honor people in our love, to honor people. You know, I think that one of the the missing pieces in culture today is the, the notion of honor and honoring other people. Um, in our wedding vows, we repeat, love, honor, and cherish, because we are honoring our promise and we are honoring our spouse uh, we we have these honor codes in, in schools because we are honoring integrity and lifting up integrity and we have these 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 things called honor guards at football games and basketball games and assemblies these you know these people that just 
you know, have the flags and it's so ceremonial. And what's the purpose of that? It is to lift up. It is to honor the flag. It's to honor our country. But I think honor is kind of on the wane in many ways. And, and maybe the place to start is to ask, what exactly is honor? Well, it's certainly a high-sounding word, isn't it? It's certainly a, a noble-sounding word, honor. Let me just tell you in short what honor is. Honor is willful respect. It is deciding to lift someone up and thereby lowering yourself beneath them. Even if you are considered in society higher than them, you have decided to go under and lift them up and bring honor to them. The dictionary says that honor is, and this is the number one meaning, there are three different meanings. Number one meaning is to highly esteem, to respect, to admire, to defer to, to look up to, to appreciate, to value, to cherish, to adore, to venerate, revere, or worship. This this is a, a high, noble word of, of really lifting up. And Ruth shows us love with honor today. And it is so needed. I, I I only have to direct you to the political discourse here in our election year to show you that common standards of mutual honor have been lost. And the way we run each other down, and I'm not even talking about the candidates. I'm talking about the people who support their candidate. And all the needless name-calling and all the, the needless divisions and the lack of honor that we are giving. And, the, and I remember the, the debate between Ronald Reagan uh, and, um, what was the guy's name? Yeah, 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 Mondale, thank you. <laughs> You can tell who I voted for. <laughs> but do you remember when when the, the issue was raised of Ronald Reagan maybe being too old and Ronald Reagan made this joke and he said, I will I will not use my opponent's youth and inexperience to my advantage and everybody laughed. And you know, I watched that recently uh on a clip and, and Walter Mondale just laughed and he really lifted Reagan up. You know, you could tell that there was honor there. Whoa, that's gone. The Scriptures teach that we are to honor God and honor one another. 1 Samuel 2.30, God says, Those who honor me, I will honor. The fifth commandment says, Honor your father and your mother, that you may live long in the land the Lord your God has given you. Romans 12.10 says, Be devoted one to another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourselves. You see, honor is lifting someone up above you, giving them respect, giving them a kind of, of preference. The word honor actually shows up 173 times in the Bible. It is not an insignificant concept, and God wants us to understand it better today. Ruth shows us honor in three ways. In this passage. And the first way is how she honored Naomi. 
her mother-in-law. You know, Ruth was not bound to come back all the way to uh, to Israel, to, to Bethlehem. Naomi was coming home. Ruth's home was in Moab. And the two daughters-in-law set set out and and you know when Naomi said you don't have to go back with me Orpa the other daughter-in-law of Naomi found, took her newfound freedom kissed her mother and went back it says to Moab and to her people and to her gods but Ruth we we read in chapter 1 clung to Naomi and and Ruth declared don't tell me to leave you Wherever you go, that's where I'm going to go. And your people are going to be my people. And your God is going to be my God. And where you die, that's where I'm going to die. And I'm going to be buried next to you. Man, that is, that's love. You know, that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, a, quite a commitment there. And now they're back in Bethlehem here in chapter 2. They've just arrived. And it doesn't look good. They're penniless and they're hungry. Not sure what's going to happen to them. And I, I want you to just see what Ruth tells Naomi in verse 2. She said, it says, and Ruth the Moabite. Isn't it interesting that she continues to be called Ruth the Moabite? And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after him in whose sight I find favor. Now, you need to understand something. Naomi was older, but Naomi was also able. Naomi had just walked back from Moab. That's 55 miles from Moab to, to Bethlehem. Don't, don't picture Naomi with a cane. That, this is not the way it is. She, she is able, and, but Ruth tells her, let me go for both of us. Let me honor you. Let me serve. Let me go lower than you. Let me serve you and go and pick the grain for both of us. And, and I love Naomi's response, go, my daughter. <laughs> this is willfully lifting up Naomi, and it just shows such love. How do you think Naomi felt when, when Ruth said, you know what, let me, let me go and pick for both of us. Let me honor you. You know, I had uh, incredible respect for my grandmother, Agnes Brown, who was 94 years old when she died. My grandfather retired at age 50 just because he wanted to. And over time, I believe that he lost a sense of daily purpose in his life. And if you're considering early retirement, you need to pray this through. Because I believe that, and, and my mother agrees with me, and my sister, that he lost a sense of daily purpose in his life, and it is my belief that my granddad's loss of purpose eroded his self-concept, and he became depressed and not too fun to be around. He was a fun person, but there, were, there, were some ed, there was some edginess in that house. But through it all, and I love my granddaddy, but through it all, I watched my grandmother Agnes loved him so dearly. She was the rock in that house. She honored him always. And when I say always, I mean always. And I don't know whether Agnes ever had moments where her reverence factor 
and low, but one thing was for sure. The one constant in his life was that his wife kept him lifted up. It's an amazing thing to see. She really loved him. And I want you to know, I noticed. I was 15 when he died. And I noticed this as a little boy. And I noticed this, what that love and that honor looked like. And she has been a great example to me. I would love to be able to love with honor a fraction of what I saw my grandmother do. Ruth honored Naomi. She said, I'll do it. Let me serve you. I remember the 4th of July, 1976 as well, because that was the Bicentennial. That was the celebration of 200 years of, of the United States of America. That was a big deal. And so uh, this particular day is very clear to me. I can see our family in our family room, and I can see on the, you know, the, the old TVs, you know, the big thing with four legs with a TV in the middle and speakers. And you kind of had to dial it in, you know. Sometimes you'd lose the signal a little bit, so there was a dial. I know some of y'all can't even imagine this. There were three channels. That was it. But uh, that day, it was incredible because, and, and some of you who are older, and maybe some of you younger ones could Google this just to see how beautiful this was. It was this a big celebration of, of what was called the Tall Ships and how they all came to New York Harbor, and there was just this beautiful flotilla of, of ships in celebration of the 4th of July. And my dad had leukemia. And his leukemia at that particular time was flaring, and he was really sick. In fact, he was dying by the day. But I didn't, and my sister did not recognize the severity of it because my parents chose not to tell us. And um, my dad was six foot four and a half. Always the, just a picture of strength. Always just kind of radiated a strength of personality of integrity, of a lot of things. But now we kind of got into this thing, and I didn't get it, where he's just asking me to do everything. You know, go get me a drink. Uh, tur turn up the TV. Go get the phone. Go here. Go there. And, you know, right there watching the tall ships in my own 14-year-old way, I just got tired of it right there. I just had my feel of it right there in front of the Bicentennial. And I remember as, as we were watching this together, my dad asked me to go adjust the TV for the fourth time. And I popped off at him and I said, you know, why don't you just get up and do it yourself? All you're doing is sitting on the couch lately. And I just scolded him for being so lazy. And y'all, he got up and adjusted the TV. And he was very gracious knowing that we didn't know. And he died three weeks later. And I thought about that incident when he died. And you know, I thought about it since. You can tell, I'm telling you. Um, I really did love and respect my dad. That's not the point that I'm making here. But I remember that incident even now as a reminder of how easily a humble, other-centered attitude can be lost 
and honor can be lost, even with someone that we love so dearly. I mean, look, I probably, if I were Ruth, would have given it to Naomi. I would have said, Naomi, get up off of that couch. We just came from Moab. I know you can do this. We're both starving to death. It's only fair that I help you and you help me get up off of that couch and come help me pick the grain. No. Ruth shows this, this, this lowering and lifting of Naomi. She honored Naomi. The second way she shows honor is how she honored Boaz. And she hadn't met him yet, and yet she's showing this, this same kind of honor. It was Ruth's governmental right to pick grain behind the harvesters it was called the gleaning laws in the Old Testament. This was kind of the, the food stamp program in Israel, if you will. And here's the way it worked. When the harvesters, the people that owned the field and, and the harvesters would harvest their grain, they were commanded to not harvest all the grain, but to leave a portion of the grain on the ground after they went through and harvesting so that the poor among them could follow the harvesters and there would be fresh grain on the ground so everybody that didn't have food would be fed through this kind of decreed program of governmental feeding of the poor. It's called the gleaning laws in Israel. I don't know if you've ever heard of that before. And uh, it comes from Leviticus 19.9. I'm just going to read the law. You mind me reading a little statute here, a little Israel statute? Um, when you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. This is Leviticus 19. Do not go over your vineyard either a second time or pick up the grapes that have fallen on the ground. Leave them for the poor and the foreigner among you, for I am the Lord your God. Here's the point. It was her governmental right. To go and, and glean after the harvesters in that field and, you know, right, my rights and my rights and my rights. And I will demand my rights. But notice what she says. She does not say, I will go and glean in whatever field I want to and nobody will deny me to do so. And I dare them to do so and I will turn them in. No, Ruth honored the landowner who turned out to be kin to Naomi. This is what she said. Look, look at the, the passage with me again. Let me go, verse 2, let me go to the field and pick the leftover grain, listen to this, behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. She is actually doing this for Naomi. She's actually going with full rights to do this, actually in a posture of lowliness and gratitude to the landowner. It's still his grain. And you just kind of see her seeking to honor this person that is feeding she and Naomi. And, and that attitude was noticed by the workers. We'll get there next week. Probably was not a, a usual attitude. And later she will honor Boaz much more profoundly. She will Humbly thank him. She will speak honor to him. She will show him honor. And you know what? That man's going to want to marry this girl. And he will. 
because there's something different about her. She honors him here before she even knows him. As a result of the way she honored people, she did become a woman who was greatly honored. Whoever honors me, God says, I will honor. Please realize this. People who are always running other people down and using other people and who are totally self-focused do not have the actual respect of other people. They might have popularity. They might have celebrity, but they don't have human heart-to-heart deep respect. It's just not happening when you're just a selfish pig out for yourself, even if you might have landed on top, even if even though you might have power. No, that kind of person traffics in fear and not love, but the person that honors people in humility is noticed. And honored. So Ruth honored Naomi. Ruth honors Boaz. And people take note of this attitude. Finally, Ruth honored God. And this is kind of where we get into this thing where this, you know, I guess fairly new convert, who's maybe fairly recently, I don't know, tasted the grace of God, just, just has this incredible simple faith. In God as God. Um, This is how she honored God. She honored God by trusting him. This is how we say God is God. We can say with our mouth, God is God. God is trustworthy. And the way we really say God is God is by trusting him. Actually trusting him. By faith. She trusted in his providence. Ruth stepped out into the unknown And into a potentially dangerous situation. Here she is, a foreigner. I mean, she could have taken the insider, Naomi, with her to open the doors. No. No, you stay home. She, the foreigner, the hated foreigner, goes out and trusts God to open the doors. And and it's a pretty amazing thing. She, She kind of honors God with her feet. She steps out and she follows the Lord. Her actions are saying... You know, he really is almighty God. You know, your God will be my God. And I worship him. And he's worth worshiping. And he's worth following. And he's real and he's God. And I will trust my life. I will trust my health. I will trust my survival to him and not even take the insider, Naomi the Jew, with me. I'll trust God. You know, just as an aside, prayer is also a way that we, we state trust in God. You know, you, you wonder why prayer is important, because prayer kind of has it right that God's here and we're here and we need him. That we don't have the ability and we, we cry out to God. And not only do we cry out to God for things that, that are very difficult that we're going through, we're crying out to God for his kingdom to come in ways that we certainly can't make it come. And for things to change on the ground right here in in this greater Jackson area that need to change, that we can't make by our own power change. We, we, We have this kind of honoring of God by prayer and praying to God. But there is no greater way to honor God than actually trusting Him. 
Talk can be very cheap among Christians. And prayer can be very flowery. But the number one way to honor God is to actually trust Him for something in your life. That is the way we say unequivocally He is God in the most profound way. And that young Moabite girl, that young recent convert shows us this. Y'all, we got to have new believers around. You know, new believers show us things. I mean, they need to mature. We know that. There's a lot of knowledge of God that they need. But new believers, you know, like we'll be, we'll be talking to a new believer and we say, oh, you know, I can't believe this is so bad. A new believer goes, dude, I just came to know God. Is God not God or what? Like, what's your problem, Joseph? And you're like, oh, yes, I guess that's right. You know, a new believer, you're talking to a new believer, and you say, oh, man, I just messed up. And, you know, I mean, I know God, you know, knows I'm frail, and I want to, I just, I feel like I need to reach out to God. I just, I just, oh, Lord, I kind of feel depressed. new believer goes, hey, whoa, 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 just, just two months ago, I didn't know God. I mean, this thing really is about grace. If you don't believe me, ask me. Do you think it's any different for you, old believer? And we go, you know, that's right. We need, we need each other. We need our gifts and, and all of that to walk with God. And look what happened in this story of Ruth when, when she lifted up God and actually trusted him. Verse 3. This is great. So she set out, walked out. And she went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And, I love this language, she happened, (laughs) she happened to come to the part of the field that happened to belong to Boaz, who happened to be a relative of Elimelech, Naomi's husband, deceased. I like the King James Version. I discovered this some years ago, and it's just kind of been in my head ever since. King James Version says this. It was her hap to light upon the part of the field belonging to Boaz. Don't you love that? It was her hap. No, it wasn't. No, she trusted God, and God led her. (laughs) She just happened to be in Boaz's field, who just happened to be related to Naomi. I mean, from her perspective, it was her hap. But there weren't any signs, and there weren't any fences back then. There were no no signs that says, field of Boaz, relative of Naomi, pick here. It's just little rocks that mark out the boundaries, you know, of, of people's land. One scholar talks about the result of honoring God through following God, trusting God. Quote, just think of the people you just happened to meet. Think of all the books you just happened to get or the recorded sermons that you just happened to hear all altering the course of your life forever. Isn't that amazing? God is God. And if a new Moabite convert can trust Him, You can too. I can too. 
He's almighty. He's in control. And we honor him best by trusting. Won't you humble yourself beneath God's mighty hand that he might lift you up in due time? I mean, what is it? What is it that you are so afraid of? What is it that's just going bump in the night? What is it that you're just so angry about? You're just so stuck. What happened to you? What are you worried is going to happen to you? What personal issue is it that God wants you to trust Him with? Because you're no different. God loves you if you've placed your faith in Him. You belong to Him. I say to you with Ruth, honor God by lifting Him up. Honor God by saying to Him today, God, would you help me actually trust you with this? Would you help me actually to take a step to forgive that person? Take a step to overcome my fear and do what I know that I need to do. Take a step and risk because I really believe. I, I, I can't fill in your blank. You can, and many of you have. I want to end by talking about the, the, the wonderful reason that we can do this, even though it feels maybe scary or loathsome. It's the fact that you, you and I can honor God because God has loved us and honored us. Your honor is not on the line. Jesus has already assigned a kind of honor to you. Jesus lowered himself to lift you up. And I read it from Philippians 2, 5 through 8, very kind of famous passage about the, how glorious Jesus is as the second person of God and how he came underneath us to lift us up. Have this mind among you, which is also was also uh, Christ Jesus, who, though he was God in the form of God, did not e consider equality with God a thing to be held on to or grasped. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant, being made in the likeness of men, being found in human likeness, he humbled himself, becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Basically, he lowered himself to be lifted up on a cross so that we who are undeserving and without honor could be lifted up into the very arms of God as his children. We are in Christ. We are in heavenly places in Christ. Do you understand that? That is a place of honor given by the love, sacrificial love of God. And so people in such an honorable place can honor people because our honor is not up for grabs. It's not on the line. And Jesus honored through humility. And so must we. Because that's what trusting Him looks like. It looks like an answering love, responding to His love, 
by loving, serving, lowering, and honoring, lifting the person. Now, I said to God this morning, God, I don't want to be as sarcastic as I've been. I want to lift people up more. Will you help me to actually lower myself and lift people up? I continue with Jesus honoring through humility, being honored through humility. I continue with Philippians 2. Therefore, God exalted him and bestowed on him the name that was above every name, that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue should confess in heaven and on the earth and under the earth. Every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so we also, from this place of honor, can empty ourselves and serve, lower ourselves, lift people up like Ruth did and show the world the humility and the greatness and the reality of our Savior Jesus Christ through our lives. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, the fact that you would come from heaven, that you would empty yourself, make yourself nothing, that you would take on human form to be brutally savaged by your creatures, be lifted up on a cross, and all of this so that your love might come to us, that, that great and sacrificial love, that humble love that just is undividable. It's just so solid that we would be lifted up into your arms. Lord, we live in a world that has a great deficit of honor. Would you cause us to love people with honor? And Lord, would you honor your people and your church in the midst of society? Would this be noticed and appreciated and would you show Christ to folk around us in the world, even as we trust you yet again for what you have done, for what we have in Christ and what you're calling us to? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.